Welcome to Ramblings with a Medical Historian. I'm your host, Nicole Curry, and this is the podcast where I ramble on about the history of medicine, such as fun facts, common misconceptions, and strange practices. I may even talk about other historical topics, such as local history. This is episode 5. Today I will be talking about one of the very first common misconceptions that I came across in my research. This is the belief that the church banned autopsies and that autopsies were illegal in the Middle Ages. However, I have found much evidence to the contrary. A few other medical historians such as Catherine Park have come across this as well, though This knowledge has not reached very far outside of the academic world of medical history. So, let us begin. The Renaissance was the rebirth of old ideas and the expansion of knowledge. It began shortly before the 16th century. During this time, there was a growing interest in anatomy and the practice of human dissection. People like Leonardo da Vinci and others such as Antonio Beneviani and Jacob Berengar Carpi were said to have dissected over a hundred human bodies. However, two questions remain. Did autopsies take place before the Renaissance period? And were autopsies illegal in the Middle Ages? One text says, up to the 16th century, the science of human anatomy did not exist. But there are others that say physicians began to perform postmortems to find the cause of death in the cases where the courts and families suspected foul play during the mid-13th century. So, although the Renaissance may have sparked advancement in the field of anatomy and physiology, autopsies were already being performed in the Middle Ages. Autopsies and dissections were not new to the Renaissance, but neither were they new to the medieval period. In Alexandria around 300 or 200 BCE, Herophilus and Aristostrasus were physicians who performed human dissections. They made several key discoveries such as the brain was the center of the nervous system, the difference between veins and arteries, although They didn't quite get the right functions of veins and arteries, but they did realize that they were two distinct things. The various segments of the intestines and many more. 300 years later, another Greek physician named Galen began to study medicine in Rome. Galen was the first physician that we see to truly focus on anatomy to learn the structure and function of the human body. Galen performed his anatomical dissections on animals because autopsies were forbidden in Rome. He did not let this deter him as he was set on learning more about anatomy and physiology, building on his predecessor's work. He was also not the only physician at this time to be conducting autopsies and dissections. He was using comparative anatomy, applying what he learned from animal dissections to human anatomy. 
Sources say there were religious, medical, and social objections to dissections. Though in Galen's text, he seems to imply that human dissections may have been going on as he suggested that his students go to Alexandria and study the human skeletons. With these great strides to study anatomy, Galen's texts became leading works in the field of medicine for medical students and practitioners. We have writings of Galen that say, although you may not be allowed to dissect bodies, if you happen to come across a dead body, take the opportunity to study it. However, there did seem to be a shift that took place since Erosistratus and Herophilus. Historians are still examining why dissections were no longer being performed in this period. For, as of yet, we have found no concrete evidence to say that dissections were truly banned, prohibited, or illegal in this period. After the death of Galen, his works were studied and preserved. However, after the fall of Rome in 476 CE, the medieval period began. It was then that the church began to seize control of medicine. The clergy became the custodians and disseminators of medical knowledge. The authorities that the clergy recognized were the Bible and Aristotle, and so the works of physicians like Galen were lost in the emerging Christian societies. Yet, the Greek and Roman works were brought east and translated by the Arabs. There is no evidence, however, to suggest that they were or weren't performing autopsies. During this period that is commonly referred to as the Dark Ages, which I have stated before is not entirely the correct term for it, Arabic knowledge flourished. There were advancements in medicine, mathematics, they came up with the notion of zero at this time, science, astronomy, and much more. With the Crusades, the Arabic works were carried west and spread throughout Europe. Until the mid-13th century, there are no records of autopsies or dissections. That is to say that they were not being performed, just that they were not documented and most likely done privately. Some records of autopsies begin to appear in 1240 and in 1286, when a physician dissected several chickens and a man after a mysterious illness killed them. The physician discovered that there was a ventricular apostem on all the hearts. Also at this time, the courts began requesting autopsies from physicians in cases where they needed to find a cause of death. It was not long until families were also requesting autopsies for their deceased. With the increasing demand for autopsies, there was a need for skilled and trained physicians. The practice of dissections was thus established. Dissection soon became university-sponsored. They illustrated the anatomy and physiology of humans to the students. The dissections were performed only once or twice a year on condemned criminals. However, there was sometimes a shortage of cadavers. Henry de Mondeville, from 1260 to 1320, professor at the University of Montpellier, performed only animal dissections. Another professor at the University of Bologna named 
Mondino de Liuzzi, published a textbook on human anatomy in 1316. De Liuzzi began to perform public dissections without any opposition from the church. De Luzzi dissected pigs and humans and sometimes compared the anatomy so he could acquire a greater knowledge of anatomy. Guy de Choliac, 1300-1368, put a lot of emphasis on the importance of anatomy. Choliac began to reintroduce Greek and Roman medical practice, and he was also a physician to three popes. At the very beginning of the Middle Ages, the clergy took over the medical practices. Therefore, the Christian cities had a large gap between the time of Galen and his anatomy to the autopsies being performed in the mid-1200s. There seems to be a belief that the church was opposed to autopsies and dissections during the medieval period, with quotes like, up to the 16th century, the science of human anatomy did not exist, found in many places, such as history and science textbooks. There does not appear to be any evidence to support this belief. A few theories about why there was an opposition to dissecting a corpse were, firstly, perhaps old beliefs held by the Greeks and Egyptians about if the body was disfigured and could not go on to the afterlife, and that belief was then held by the Christian church. It seems unlikely that this was true because St. Augustine in his writings said that it did not matter what happened to your body after death, for it would not affect your route to salvation. Secondly, it could have been the misinterpretations of De Silpatoris, Pope Boniface VIII's 1300 papal bull. Boniface's bull said that anyone who cut into a dead body and boiled it to remove the flesh from the bones so they could be transported for burial would be immediately excommunicated. Boniface never specifically banned autopsies or dissections. Autopsies were in fact not much different than the Italian funerary practices of embalming and evisceration. The objection to dissections seems to be more of a public nature than a religious one. During dissections, the corp was cut into from head to toe in a public dissection that could last several days. The naked body was left exposed, which was a form of humiliation. When physicians performed autopsies or dissections, they often sought permission from the church and faced little opposition. After the bodies were dissected, they had to be given a funeral by the local clergy. Even though the church seemed to be accepting the practice of dissection, there were some physicians, such as Henry de Monville, who did not want to perform dissections on humans. The universities, not just the physicians, were being granted papal approval to perform human dissections, beginning in 1405 with the University of Padua. Explicit approval of dissection was given by Pope Sixtus IV and held by Pope Clement VII. In the 15th century, with the beginnings of the Renaissance, the field of anatomy was changing. One of these changes was the increasing demand for autopsies by families to find hereditary diseases. People either requested autopsies for themselves or their families to help understand diseases or to prevent their own deaths. 
Physicians also began to perform more dissections. Physicians such as Jacob Berengar Carpi, 1470 to 1530, and Jacques Dubois Silvius, from 1478 to 1555, were said to have dissected several hundred bodies. There was also a physician named Antonio Benevieni from about 1440 to 1502, who both treated his patients and performed autopsies on them when they died. His detailed writing on the patient's symptoms while they were alive, along with the post-mortem, would serve to help doctors diagnose patients in the future. It was not only physicians who were performing autopsies. It was also artists like Donatello, Verrocchio, Michelangelo, Albrechtur, Titan, and most notably Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci, unlike the other artists, took a more scientific approach. He may have begun trying to improve his art by learning the true form of the human body inside and out, but he went much further in the end. He began to try and learn how the body worked. This is evident in his drawings and writings. His writings and drawings were unfortunately not published until 400 years after his death. Unlike the physicians that came before him, da Vinci tried to create realistic drawings that the medical students could use instead of having to have a corpse right in front of them. So the Renaissance period did spark advancement in the field of human anatomy. However, autopsies and dissections were already being performed before the Renaissance and even before the Middle Ages. Herophilus and Aristotle were performing human dissections in the 3rd century BCE. Even though Galen performed dissections on animals, he helped future generations of anatomists such as da Vinci with their human dissections. Physicians such as de Monville, de Luzy, and Choliac showed the value and importance of anatomy. The church did not seem to have any objections towards autopsies and dissections as is commonly believed. They were given permission for them to be performed. Opposition came more from the public because dissections could be a humiliating process as the body is left exposed. One physician wrote, May God preserve us from such a fate. Autopsies were more easily accepted than dissections, most likely due to the fact that they were done privately. Also, they were a focused examination that was not dissimilar to the Italian practice of embalming and evisceration. So, the misconceptions about the practice and acceptance of autopsies in the Middle Ages seemed to be only misconceptions. Autopsies appear to have been accepted, whereas dissections were a source of some apprehension even in the early 16th century. Next time, we will look more at autopsies and dissections in the Renaissance period to see what was happening during that time. So, stay tuned. To keep up to date with ramblings with a medical historian or to contact me if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, 
You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Ramblings with a Medical Historian and on Twitter at Ramblings underscore MH. You can also email me at ramblings.mh at gmail.com. So, thank you for listening, and remember, keep rambling on. Mm-hmm.